We're driven by the search for better. But when it comes to hiring, the best way to search for a candidate isn't to search at all. Don't search match with Indeed. Indeed is your matching and hiring platform with over 350 million global monthly visitors, according to Indeed data, and a matching engine that helps you find quality candidates fast. Ditch the busy work. Use Indeed for scheduling, screening, and messaging so you can connect with candidates faster. Leveraging over 140 million qualifications and preferences every day, Indeed's matching engine is constantly learning from your preferences, so the more you use Indeed, the better it gets. Join more than 3.5 million businesses worldwide that use Indeed to hire great talent fast. And listeners of this show will get a $75 sponsored job credit to get your jobs more visibility at Indeed.com slash BlueWire. Just go to Indeed.com slash BlueWire right now and support our show by saying that you heard about Indeed on this podcast. That's Indeed.com slash BlueWire. Terms and conditions apply. Need to hire? You need Indeed. This podcast episode is brought to you by Coors Light. These days, everything is go, go, go. It's nonstop hustle all the time. Work, friends, family expect you to be on 24-7. Well, sometimes you just need to reach for a Coors Light because it's made to chill. Coors Light is cold lagered, cold filtered, and cold packaged. It's as crisp and refreshing as the Colorado Rockies. It is literally made to chill. Coors Light is the one I choose when I need to unwind. So when you want to hit reset, reach for the beer that's made to chill. Get Coors Light in the new look delivered straight to your door with Drizzly or Instacart. Celebrate responsibly. Coors Brewing Company, Golden, Colorado. We're here. I wish I could keep this feeling. I wish I could keep this feeling. Everyone, I want to tell you about Blue Wire Hustle, a brand new program where you can host your very own podcast here at Blue Wire. Hustle was created to give everyone the opportunity to take your podcast to the next level. Or if you want to host a podcast and just don't know where to start, Hustle is a perfect place for you. As part of the program, you'll receive personal cover art, Q&As with Blue Wire's top podcasters, access to our community discord, and an e-learning course full of tips and tricks. And on top of that, we'll be able to get your show pushed on Apple, Spotify, Google, Stitcher, and all other listening platforms. And the best part is you can get all of this for only $15 a month, the same rate as any other hosting site would charge you for just for the initial setup. So whether you're starting from scratch or have an existing show that you want to grow, Hustle is an open door to leveling up your sports experience. Acceptance into the program is limited, so get your application in today. To apply, go to bwhustle.com backslash join. Check out the description box for the episode to find out more, but that's bwhustle.com slash join. What up, everybody? Welcome to another episode of The Corner Podcast. Kel Dansby here with the old man, Andreas Hale. It is great to be recording this again to start off the week. On today's show, we are talking about boxing and UFC. UFC coming first, of course, because there is a new heavyweight champion of the world, baddest man on the planet. We will get to that in our second segment. Boxing, what can I say? Oscar De La Hoya is coming back. So we got to talk about that and this wave of old fighters deciding to 
cash out and if it's going to stop anytime soon. Dre, to start off, though, we have to give birthday shout outs, reverse rap pack members, both both friends of the podcast. We have AJ Springer, Marcus Vanderberg, back to back birthdays. Shout out to them. Marcus Vanderberg sporting the high top fade like kid in play for his birthday. I listen, I, I had to bag on him a little bit in the group chat. Maybe I'm just jealous that the man can still grow a high top fade. Maybe. I have, when was the last time you had hair? Like like legit, like not a Caesar, like legit curls or hair. Oh, I cut my curls off years ago. Uh say it about me though. So <laughs> <laughs> yeah. Like, you gotta I'm grow not it out like this. Floyd. You gotta grow it out like Floyd. Just shock uh, people and bring it back. That? You saw that there's like some Instagram video of him with like a basketball talking about betting. He's got like he has that prison fade again. Yep. Yeah. I was like, look at this shit. It just don't look right. It I don't. Was, my daughter said that the other day. She was like, Dad, if you grow hair, it's gonna look weird. And I was like, Yeah. And I showed her a picture of me. She's like, That's not you. I was like, I hate you. Um, <laughs> like that's like you. You look just like this. That's what yeah. you should have said. Well, this I, looks this just like you. It's what we look like. But yeah. Shout outs to uh, AJ and Marcus. Not just friends of the podcast. I've known both these guys for over a decade. I've known shit. I've known AJ since almost two decades. Yeah. Oh boy. And, you know, <laughs> hip hop site was a long time ago, my friend. Yes, it was, man. I saw somebody post that the other day. They was like, they had to explain to somebody what burning CDs was, and I was like, oh my god, I'm that old now. Yeah, my daughters have no clue what that's like. <laughs> it's like it's two things. Is burn and what's a cd and it's like oh my god so yeah i've known those and i've known marcus since we met at bet and uh over i think if marcus will correct me if i'm wrong but i he worked in the nicer bet office and i worked in the hood office where we used to have red cup fridays where everybody just bring bottles of liquor and drink at work and marcus was all sophisticated i'm sure they had like crackers and cheese and shit on their friday so i happened to be at his office when i met him and I want to say he had something pro wrestling at his desk. And I was like, oh, you like pro wrestling and you work at BET where I just thought everybody was an idiot that didn't like, like pro wrestling and just, you know, did stupid shit. And that's how me and him became friends. And we've been friends ever since we, you know, he got, <laughs> he got fired twice. I got canned once. And it was like, we both have our history with BET, but we've been friends ever since. So it's like, to see those cats grow, Marcus obviously is over Yahoo, handles the NBA. AJ has just been you know, a savage in the political realm. And, you know, I'm proud of both of those cats. And every year they get older, um, I appreciate that they're still here. Somebody had to tell me that last year. Uh, I was in doing, I was covering the zone fight for my birthday. And I didn't tell anybody it was my birthday. And uh, I believe her name was LaShonda, who worked in the zone production. Obviously black, LaShonda, right? She goes, uh, you should be happy to celebrate your birthday because black men don't always get to celebrate birthdays. So celebrate the fact that you're here and celebrate the people that are here with you. So with that, AJ and Marcus, big shout out, happy birthday. Kill, you're next. Next, man, it's, it's creeping up on me. This isn't, I don't even feel that bad though. This isn't like a milestone birthday or anything. So I'm good. I continuously forget how old I'm turning though. So I will be... 33 this year so it's uh the numbers Ooh, are creeping so up a little bit yeah 33 <laughs> it's funny my wife listened to our six-year anniversary show earlier today 
and we were talking about obviously six years and revisited some stuff from the first episode. She went back and listened to the first episode. She had never heard the first one. And she was like, why do you sound so young there? I guess my voice was like crazy high pitched and like weird. And I was like, I was young. I was like 26 on that first episode. So it's it's been it's been a while. The, the numbers keep ticking away. I'm about to have a 16 year old here in a hot second. Oldest not... young man I, I know. This podcast got you through puberty. Is that what you're telling me? Yo, I've had I've had a voice change. I've grown an entire beard. I had no facial hair when you met me. I, I had a wispy mustache, and then you guys made fun mm. of me. My beard a chin strap for like two years, and then now yeah. it's up on the cheek. So I've, I, listen, I, I didn't get a pedicure when you first met me. I was bashed down on the show. Yeah, you had a lot of problems. Talking yeah. shit about brunch. Wait, where were, you were born in New York, right? Yep. Bronx, New York. Montefiore yeah. Hospital. And your mom was born where? New York. Different hospital. Hmm. I'm just trying to figure out if you're telling us your real age, because you got a 16 year old. You went through puberty during the podcast. Something's going on. Like you, <laughs> you got the Danny Almonte shit jumping off here. Pitching for the Little League World Series. You're like 23 and not telling anybody. I don't know what's going on. <laughs> they doctored the birth certificate in Puerto Rico. Uh, <laughs> yeah, man, it's it's crazy. I mean, what that first year I brought the kids around. We were at like UFC fight week. Um, in July, I was like, what? Yeah, they were, my, my son was jumping on Marcus because he was like, oh, another light-skinned person. And he wouldn't leave him alone. And uh, yeah, they were just running around the convention center or wherever it was at. And then now my son is 11, damn near 12. Like he's graduating fifth grade next month. So I'm having all middle school and high schoolers. Damn. Yeah, man. I guess so. put all this into perspective. You do a podcast for six years and, and things happen. And you know, we, we went through a whole ass pandemic that we're still going through. We've we've seen so many different world champions like Pacquiao and Floyd Mayweather was so many years ago. We were Shit, preparing for that fight. We launched in April or the end of March just to prepare enough episodes so we have some stuff before that fight. Yeah. Yeah, like shit. Yeah, yeah. Again, you guys listen to us. I don't know why y'all still here, but I guess we find new things to talk about every week to keep you entertained or get you through your day or whatever it is. You know, I want to know, like those of you that listen to us, I'm very curious. Like when you rate the show, and this is going to end up hurting my feelings. Like, do you guys enjoy like the beginning of the show or do you like get tired of it and be like, yo, I want to hear the, the sports stuff or is it like even, I don't know, just tell us on Twitter because I want to, I want to get my feelings hurt. Um, also, Kel, I got to ask, uh, Elena listens to the podcast. My wife has never listened to this podcast. She never will. To be fair, you haven't listened to the podcast. That is also true. But um, yes, Elena listens to the podcast. She's listened to the podcast since we started dating, like seriously dating. So it was our first like June, July. She has photos from her at her job back then that pop up on Facebook that says like five years ago at this point. And it'll have like our little logo on it and show her listening on Apple Music. So she's been listening for, for a second. So she still listens 
to the show while she drives. I don't usually listen to it with her, but she'll listen to the show, definitely. Um, my mom listens to the show. She made this abundantly clear that she listens for your takes on stuff, not mine. <laughs> um, <laughs> you know, it's, it's crazy. She'd be like, yo, something will happen. She'd be like, oh, are you guys talking about this on the next episode? I'm like, yeah, I'll be in the beginning of the show. She said, oh, good. I want to know what Andreas thinks about this. Like, you know I'm on the show. Yeah. <laughs> like, <laughs> like, you gave birth to it. was also my mom's birthday, uh, same day as Marcus, the oh. 27th. Yeah, Happy she's celebrating. Yeah, last year's birthday again, which is crazy. Whatever. She's doing puffy. puffy she had is. Like, puffy had like three. I remember when in New York when I was with Kim Sorry, and she was like, you know, it's like Puffy's having his like third, 35th birthday party this week. And they're like two <laughs> years apart. <laughs> I was like, oh, word. <laughs> Everybody laughs. Oh. Yo, yeah, nah, she's, uh, she's holding on to 50. So, well. I mean, but again, both my parents are, are young. My dad, yeah. I, I mistakenly called, called my dad 53 the other day. Well, and I tight. thought he was going to elbow me through the phone. I was like, yo, I don't know my own age. Like, who knows? So, yeah, I think my dad is 51, 52. And then my mom, yeah, just turned 51. So we're all super young in the game. They're, they're young comparatively because they have a 16-year-old grandchild. So I don't feel bad about having a 16-year-old daughter. Like, they got a 16-year-old grandchild. Yeah, that's kind of crazy. Yeah, I guess big shout out to your your entire side. You know, my wife just tells me she's like, I just listen to your fucking ass talk to me every day, so I ain't got to listen to your podcast. <laughs> <laughs> that's enough that's of so you. True. <laughs> <laughs> my wife has had enough of it listening to my voice, so she has no desire to listen to what I what I talk to. Like, you know, me and my wife have for whatever reason the past few days she has been rewatching Real Housewives of Atlanta while she's you know working doing other shit. And we've been having these conversations about Real Housewives of Atlanta, and I found them really refreshing because I'd never watched this shit, really. And then I just started watching it, and I was like, oh, this show is fucked up. And now we just talk about it. And, you know, but, yeah, she tells me, like, when I record stuff, she's like, I'm never going to listen to it because I, I talk to you all day. Like, I don't need to listen to you talk to Kel. I don't like listening to you talk when your friends are over. So I'm not going <laughs> to listen to anything. So big shout-out to Kel Dansby and the family and everybody that listens to the show. My family listens to nothing that I do. I feel like Darius has listened to a couple of episodes. Of this. He's got his own podcast now. He does have his own podcast. I checked that out. Shout yeah. out to him. That shit is funny, by the way. I meant to hit him up. Yeah. Uh, he did that whole, yeah, I'm putting him on blast. Actually, what's it? The Cancel Podcast is the name of my brother-in-law's podcast. And he has an episode that came out that I haven't listened to yet about small penis problems. Yeah. And I was like, I was like, Yo, you got some balls, man, because <laughs> ain't, no, ain't no goddamn way. I'm about to do a show and talk about an issue that I don't have. <laughs> Yo, it was a cold. That shit had me dying. So I saw it on Facebook. That's why I clicked on the shows, like episode three. Yo, they are funny. I was like, okay, he got this. Uh, yeah, yeah, shout out to him. But no, podcasting and everything. It, it's funny because last week, um, I had strep throat, so we couldn't record on Sunday. We just did the one large show on Thursday. So when we dropped it on Thursday, one of our listeners was like, yo, I'm glad you guys dropped the show. I was worried about y'all. I thought you you guys were on some Joe Button podcast type shit. Oh, man. And I was like, yo, we missed one episode. <laughs> like The first week, we don't do two in a week. That's not even like we missed the episode. 
it was like we dropped one episode, which is normal for every other podcast. Right. And it was like, oh, we're on some Joe Buddy shit. Like, nah, we're good. Sure. Like, I'm, there's no Rory and Maul situation here. No. You're fine. So, you know, podcasting is crazy and a lot happens over the years. So, yeah, now I'm looking forward to my birthday this year. I'm hoping that I can get out of the house. You are, have pretty much been grounded for two birthdays. Yeah. I do not want the same thing. Like, I'm really hoping I can just go out and do something. Well, I, I, don't even, I don't even know. But that brings me up to our other topic to open up the show. The UFC and boxing promotions and everything are now going away from these closed environment shows. Fans in attendance are going to be the norm now. Um, we saw this Apex fight, which we'll talk about. Apex pay-per-view this past weekend and that'll be the last Apex pay-per-view we see. They sold out in Florida. They're going to take the show on the road. I'm sure Vegas will open up to 50-75% capacity by the summertime. It's going to be nuts. So not great. I'm not saying that we're going to be at these places because that's, that's a bit wild. But it had me thinking Live events, they're coming back. I wanted to reminisce before we got back into the swing of it being normal, right? So I had a couple questions for you. What's the best boxing match you've seen live? Okay, so I guess I got to answer your question with a question. Is it the best atmosphere or the best fight? No, like both have to be included. It can't just be like the best fight, like knockout, drag No, like the atmosphere has to be included with it the oh. whole shebang okay so for many 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 years it was made with a hat that all changed when i went to wembley and saw joshua pavekin at wembley stadium with almost 100,000 people the 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 made with a hat and fight was a better fight though because those rowdy ass irish were just cheering for anything that ricky hadn't did until he got checked hook and like they were in the middle of there's only one and then maybe with him that check hook and Hatton's head flew into the, the the turnbuckle and he fell over and you can hear like there's only one like it just it just the whole <laughs> energy of the place died but that was like I've said it on this podcast before that was the craziest because it was small but it was they were loud they, those Brits are loud and it that was and that was the first fight that I ever covered and nothing's ever lived up to it since until I went to Wembley Stadium. And I was like, this is stupid. Wasn't it raining? It was raining and nobody cared. <laughs> okay. Like nobody cared. They, they threw on some slickers and they, they sang their goddamn songs and it was absurd. But, and they were drunk from the moment they came in the door. Idris Elba was there. Like there was just so many people there. And I was in the rain, miserable. I was cold, but I just, that energy. And then, you know, they do it right when it comes to boxing, like the entrances and AJ had all the fireworks and like oh, came out to the look like shit. WrestleMania. Yeah, it's like it's incredible. And it does, you know, it helps. AJ looks like a damn pro wrestler. And it, like it that those were the two of the, the the best fights in atmospheres that I've ever been to. And I don't know if anything compares to either of those. I'll say Mayweather Pacquiao was different. I can't explain it. The fight sucked. But yeah, it was so it was jiggy. If if there was ever a fight that was <laughs> jiggy, like I'm looking at because like everybody was sitting on their hands because they were rich celebrities, right? 
Like mm-hmm. it was it was the boxing media that was in there, which was so few of us. And because they only let us select that whole that was a debacle. That whole thing was nuts. But then it's like I look behind me, it's Stephen A. Smith, and then it's Magic Johnson, and there's like Jack Nicholson and Brad Pitt. And I'm like, all, and usually you see these people at fights and they're all ringside, but they were all over the arena. Michael Strahan was sitting on a riser. Yep. I'm just like, God damn. Like, I'm, but they weren't like hype. Whereas Hatton Mayweather, everybody was losing their minds. And Joshua Pavekin, absolutely nuts. I wish I could have been at Joshua Klitschko because that looked like it was bonkers. Yeah, hopefully we get one of these Joshua Fury fights in the UK. Yeah. yeah and that'll, seems like it. Yeah, that'll probably change my whole perspective uh, on fights. It's crazy, though. Like, your first fight makes your list until this last one. My first fight, I don't think it's going to be top. Like, just uh, watching Pacquiao Marquez 4 and Pacquiao just getting flattened. And <laughs> yeah. just the, the look of despair on the faces of the Filipino fans, because there was a ton of Filipino fans, just looked like their whole world had ended. And the Mexican fans gave zero fucks about them. They were having the time of their life, going crazy, chants, like Lucha Libre mask, flags. It was insane. And that atmosphere just, I haven't, I haven't seen it again. And that's with Florida. Like Floyd, Floyd Pacquiao, like you said, was different. Floyd Mayweather had a couple of Irish. Oh, the McGregor fight? Oh, yeah, yeah, excuse me. Yeah, Floyd, they couldn't uh, afford McGregor. to get in. Yeah, they were, like. They were stuck outside. Yeah, but it was like Floyd fights in general have been weird. I couldn't even tell you the best Floyd fight I've been to. And I've been to so many. You've been to like double them. Yeah, I but, mean, I think the best Floyd fight that I've been to. Can that was surprising. No, in terms of like the fight itself was probably the Cotto fight. A lot of people talk about the Maidana fight, but Cotto was a problem that, that night. Busted Floyd's lip. Floyd had to fight off the ropes. Like, I thought he pretty handily beat up pretty much everybody he fought. But I thought the Cotto fight, that that atmosphere, yeah, that was, that was and it was a good fight. Maybe See, I wish I could have saw Floyd Mosley. Oh, I was there for that. Oh, my God. The collective gas when Mosley hit him with when that he shot. got rocked. Yeah. That's that's something I wish I could have seen. Yeah, that that Floyd Floyd's had some pretty. I mean, aside from the Berto fight, which was terrible, oh, but man. everything everything else has been pretty good. Pacquiao fights have been Pacquiao De La Hoya was. Uh, I flew back. I was working at BET. I flew back from Vegas for that fight to cover that fight, and that was crazy. And I just remember being one of the few people that picked Pacquiao. Pacquiao beat the shit out of Oscar, which is funny because as we're t- doing this podcast, we're talking about that old fucker coming back. <laughs> he hasn't returned since getting that ass open. No, um, got dragged. Oh, that was just bad. What's the best MMA fight you've seen, Rod? Oh, this one. This one's easy. It, it, um, um, the best card and atmosphere and everything I've seen live was McGregor Mendez. Yeah, one eighty nine. Yes. Yeah. Same. That- that that card was bonkers. That card was nuts. And then they had the entrance with like Sinead O'Connor and like yeah. <laughs> and you know she's rising up through the things and I can't remember who walked Mendes and it's funny Mendes doesn't even fight anymore. But that a country that, singer or something. Yeah, that entire that atmosphere that we oh that was yeah Rory and Robbie was on the the, the co-main. Yep, it's the co-main yeah. for that. 
by far that there is nothing that comes close to that night. <laughs> I, I just remember. Lip. Oh dog, my god! I just remember, like that was the first time I covered an MMA fight, and then you know subsequent McGregor fights afterwards, where the strip and the casino was just stupid, like. I think that was a fight they tried to steal the lion out of the octagon at the MGM lobby. Yeah, I think so. <laughs> all the Irish they, were they all try to pick it up. It. Yep. Yeah, they, like the lion that sits, there's a lion that sits in the octagon in the middle of the lobby at the MGM when they have fights. And after that fight, I remember going out and there was like security trying to shoo some Irish away. And there was like 30 of them climbing into the octagon trying to lift the lion. I was like, where are y'all going with this shit? But they tried. They were drunk. They didn't care. It was incredible. What? What if I told you, oh, that was so close. I was about to say, that was the last time Thomas Almeida won. And we just saw him fight this past weekend. But he beat Albert Morales after that. Yeah, because that, that fight, he, who did he fight? Not Jeremy Stevens. Who did he fight? Um, on that fight, that night, he fought Brad Pickett. Oh, flying knee. Yes. Yep. Okay. And then Gunnar Nelson won by submission. All finishing. Uh, Jeremy Stevens knocked out Dennis Bermudez. That's right. I think there like, were two flying knees that night. Oh, my God. Matt Brown beat Tim Means that, that, by dude, submission. That night was nuts. nuts. Garbrandt won that night. Yeah. It was, that, that card is just crazy. That might, that might also be the greatest MMA card I've covered. Just because Rory and Robbie was an absolute bloodbath. That nose caved in. <laughs> just, yeah it's crazy to think about yeah and neither were the same after that at no all. Not, um, not even close and i always hear those rumors like well if aldo didn't pull out because what aldo pulled out nine days before yeah fat chad rolled off the couch for that fight yeah like if aldo didn't pull out it would have been rihanna doing aldo's entrance uh with the run this town or whatever like that, that shit would have been nuts that promo too for before that fight got canned, the the oh. run this town promo. Yeah, like, or it was it was, what's a king to a god? Is that? Oh yeah, no, no no yeah yeah it was a uh, it was a uh, um, uh, no church in the wild. No church in the wild. That was yeah. probably the greatest. I mean, we could do a whole show on this another time. Yeah. but that was probably People one of the greatest. Put the packages. John Jones DC package above that. No no no, 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 like, no, no, with both of them in the street. And then McGregor takes all the glasses and all the Irish are behind him. And Al has got all the Brazilians behind him. And then in the middle of the street. Crazy eyes? Crazy eyes, McGregor? That that promo package, that undefeated. I can't, yeah, I can't think of a better one. I don't no, think there's been a better one. Yeah, so that's my, that's my number one card, too. Like, McGregor was just, there was something different about fighting in the MGM when he was fighting there. Yeah. Just, and he was, on a, he was on that run, too. It was before he lost to Nate Diaz. So he yeah. was like... He was still rising, and you know that that bandwagon was happening. Everybody was trying to get a ticket. Everybody wanted to see it. Crazy. That was better than the Aldo knockout. Yeah, Aldo knockout. Were you sitting next to me? Dope. I want to say either. I can't remember. Yeah, it was you. We were at that point. We were sitting next to each other. I grabbed one of y'all when that shit happened. Yeah. I, I couldn't believe that. I was like, "Yo, <laughs> quick fast!" You know what the hell happened? And then we got wow. Bud Light afterwards. Yeah, a ton of Bud Light. I got a picture with me quadruple fisting. Yeah, Dave Schaller, who works with the 76ers now, was the head of UFCPR and wrote, thank you guys, because that was one of the most hellacious fight weeks we've ever covered, because it was Ultimate Fighter, a fight night, I think, 
And yeah. it was three fight cards in three days. That was abuse. Yeah. And that final day, they rolled out all the Bud Light. And I was like, I don't even drink this shit. But <laughs> beer and wine snob. <laughs> I was like, ooh, free beer. <laughs> Thank you. Yeah, I'm sure you were. Yeah, I didn't care what it was. Uh, last one. Best concert and festival you, slash festival you've been to. Oh, man. Concerts and festivals. I hate them all. Um, what? <laughs> <laughs> I this do, makes no sense. I'm always, I'm always working. So, like, when I cover a festival, like, my wife will tell you, like, we we actually was part, we promoted, helped promote Rock the Bells when I was with the World Verse, and we had a tent there, and I was doing interviews. I hated every minute of it. I thought I was going to die, because I had to run and check on our tent where we had, like, merchandise, and I had to run and check on our cameraman, then I had to run and go do interviews. So I, I hardly got to watch anybody perform. My wife thought I was going to die. She was like, you need to stop. Um, what? the best concert i've ever been to it's going to be something that was when i'm not in the industry it has to be i'll say so it has to be something you pay i have for. to go probably back to maybe the hard knock life tour oh you're taking it back i have to because i've worked ever since i i can't enjoy things that i'm working at it's really hard fights kind of yeah but concerts and like festivals rock the bells was always really good but it, those days are just so long it might be Rock the Bells, though, the one that Tribe performed at. Yeah, that's oh. crazy. Like, my favorite is South By. And I went in, like, 2014. Well, okay. See, I, don't, I didn't count South By because that's, like, a collection of festivals. That's, like, a collection of shows. Yeah, that, to me, that's a festival. Not, I mean, I get what you're saying. It's just, you know, you have to have, like, a badge to go to certain shows. And you have to, like, South By is like it's all about who you know which is crazy because yeah you need like a stupid wristband or a different yeah. badge to get into certain things it's stuff but south, i finagle my way through all of it south by was also abuse like that was just my feet hurt because everything's on it was a street and then you walk up and down to every single bar because everybody's performing at a bar outside yep. and then you have like other events I remember I saw a little dragon perform. Like you, just, I, I like leave my crew because they would. I think Kanye showed up at one of the years that we were there. There was also the night the Schoolboy Q and J Rock got in a fight, and Schoolboy Q got taken out by the cops. That was an interesting night. Um, <laughs> Did they cave? I swear to God, I haven't asked you about this in years, though. Did you guys cave in the floor at one of the two Dope Boy shows? Yes, we had a. Um, <laughs> we we. So they used to shake and make it from two dope boys did the dope house, which they'd rent out a big ass spot and have a party. Um, no performances. Like if anybody showed up, they could perform, but we didn't, they didn't actively go out of the way to do it. So when I launched the world verse, it was like, well, why don't we just do it together? It's free. It's just free promotion. And we got a house and like Dom Kennedy showed up and a bunch of other people showed up and it was so many people there. And Mecca was DJing, and Mecca is like a really good DJ where he understands what to play and when to play. It's a lot of DJs don't know how to do that. And everybody was jumping, and I can't remember what song came on. And they had a uh, fire marshal come in and pulled Shake aside and was like, hey, um, come downstairs and look. And we went downstairs, and you could see the roof beginning to cave in from the people jumping. So we had to take everybody out, and then we had to put a people limit because it was just too many people. Yeah, we almost caved the roof in. And that, that was just one of them. The other one we did at, um, they rented out a mansion. And I can't remember who they rented it out with. 
And oh man, who's the idiot that played for the was it Alvin Smith? Oh, that sounds about right for the Niners. Yeah, I'm I'm thinking I'm pretty sure it was Alvin Smith. So Alvin Smith shows up and we got two two chains there. And Alvin Smith is like blitzed out of his mind. Like he's wasted. Um yeah, and there was a pool. None of us got in the pool. Black people just don't jump in pools randomly. No. Um can't swim like no. That. No, Fashan was outside just freestyling. Like we we've had some epic, epic events. South the year by, I went. That's what, I took a dumb expensive Uber to try to get in to because it was like late. It was probably like it started at like eleven. And hmm. I took an Uber trying to get in, couldn't get in. Then I had to Wait, catch a dumb, expensive Uber back. Get in what? To the dope house party. <laughs> this is before you knew me, then, I guess. No, no yeah, it was, way, it was before I knew you. So it's 2013. Yeah, we, we reached capacity quick. Yeah, like, I that remember was... being outside. There was like a group of girls who were talking like, oh, no, I know this person inside and they couldn't get let in. It was me and my boy Ray. We were like, fuck. Like, he knew someone in line through, like, some sneaker shit. But they couldn't get in either. And they thought they had status because they were, like, something in Adidas. That's crazy. Because to, to be on the other side of that, to hear these stories, to be on because, the, like, that was, like, our event. And we were just, like, and me, Shake and Mecca were just, like, yeah, we were consumed with what was going on. But we didn't know who was outside. And now I see it. Like, people are like, I'm, then we started getting this. Somebody at the door said they know you. And you get there, like, every three minutes. And you're like, come on, man. It doesn't <laughs> matter. Like, we're at capacity. There's nothing that we can do. We had a New Year's party like that. And that, that wasn't even the well-versed. That was just Shake and Mecca. And me and my wife drove down to California for New Year's. And they had, like, unlimited champagne. I mean, there were bottles. We took bottles home. It was absurd. <laughs> But everybody, you know, we had a back room where my wife and her friend could stay and uh, Shake's wife, they could hide out. My wife, she's, you think I'm antisocial. Whew. My wife knows how to turn it on, but if she don't want to be bothered, she ain't going to be bothered. And uh, so we had like a back room and it just, people just, everybody knows you all of a sudden. Oh, I know, no, you don't. You never met me. And I get this all night. So to hear, to hear you on the other side of this, I didn't know, I knew it was packed, but I, I had no idea who was outside. Damn, I was outside for like, two hours because the biggest problem was is from where we were I you know it was like a private property that yeah. like you guys had rented out so it's not like we were driving we came from out of town so we caught the uber there it was surge pricing we <laughs> catch the uber there and it's good like 15 minutes away 20 minutes away we get there figure out we can't get in there's a dumb big line and then everyone's trying to call Ubers. So it's like four times surge to try to get back to our Airbnb. Or just like, oh, shit. Had to let it die down for a second. Had to walk a couple blocks down. It was crazy. Yeah. And the funny thing you is that You can hear night, the music, so it's taunting you. There's not many places <laughs> where I've ever been where I couldn't, like, really get in. And this out of town, so I'm kind of, like, stuck. But you can hear the music. And when they spin something dope, you're like, oh, but you're outside. Like, it's just so whack. Yeah. <laughs> it was an experience, though. That that was the one I, I remember because I had to go actually interview Snoop. Snoop was doing a show, like, two blocks away. So I had to be at our spot, and then I got a call from Snoop's publicist. It was like, can you come over? And you can't hear anything. South of you have terrible reception. But oh, this phone course. call actually came through, and she was like, 
Snoop's here. So I had to stop what I was doing at the dope house, run two blocks, go interview Snoop. And the funny thing is, Snoop is sitting there, and I had never interviewed Snoop to this point. Snoop is sitting there, and he's like, Trey, what up, homeboy? And I'm like, oh, I, I just was here for the interview. He's like, come on, sit, sit down, nephew. And I sit down, and he rolls up this gigantic blunt, and he's just like, you want to smoke with me? And I'm like, I don't even smoke. But if there was ever a time that I should <laughs> smoke, was like, it's with Snoop Dogg. Yeah. But I had, I had to tell Snoop, I was like, uh, I got to knock out this interview because I get back to our party. He was like, our party? And I was like, the two dope boys. And I said, oh, the two dope boys. And he knew. And I was like, damn, Shake and Mecca are like superstars. And I had to rush a Snoop interview while he's rolling a blunt to go back to my party that Snoop was aware of. That was weird. Yo, they they were. They were. And that's crazy because, like, now knowing Shake, like, it's yeah, hilarious. <laughs> like, now I just talked to Shake about mountain biking and shit. Uh, but, like, Shake is, like, the most down-to-earth, like, normal-ass dude, right? And yes. uh, the times I've been around Mecca, Mecca says, like, four words and it's, like, profound. Like, he's just, like, super cool and chill and down-to-earth, too. Um, so, like going to South by though, and I was, I guess I was 23 at that point, 22, they were like rock stars. It was like, yo, if you can get into this party, and this is like, compared to shit, we got into like the Wale joint, um, Wyclef was there, we got into that performance, there was a Wu-Tang joint with Rachel Ray was catering the free food, we got into that, but they were like, nah, like, all that's easy. If you can get into this shit, you're somebody. Mm. So like we're making calls throughout the day trying to get in there. So mm. that that was like the craziest, most exclusive party at South by. Man, I, I miss those days. And I guess that leads in because you know, we're having a boxing MMA podcast. We're talking about fucking parties and rap festivals. <laughs> um, but I, I guess at least there are things about this pandemic that like I like staying home, but those those little things I I do miss. Like I do I miss South by even though your feet like I always say South by needs to be sponsored by Dr. Scholes because that shit was abuse on your feet. <laughs> but there was nothing like it. There was yeah. just there was just nothing like it. And like I miss Comic Con, I miss Sundance, I miss all those things, and can't do them. And now the world's getting ready to open back up and kinda. And I'm sorry, I ain't going nowhere. We're driven by the search for better. But when it comes to hiring, the best way to search for a candidate isn't to search at all. Don't search match with Indeed. Indeed is your matching and hiring platform with over 350 million global monthly visitors, according to Indeed data, and a matching engine that helps you find quality candidates fast. Ditch the busy work. Use Indeed for scheduling, screening, and messaging so you can connect with candidates faster. Leveraging over 140 million qualifications and preferences every day, Indeed's matching engine is constantly learning from your preferences. So the more you use Indeed, the better it gets. Join more than 3.5 million businesses worldwide that use Indeed to hire great talent fast. And listeners of this show will get a $75 sponsored job credit to get your jobs more visibility at Indeed.com slash BlueWire. Just go to Indeed.com slash BlueWire right now and support our show by saying that you heard about Indeed on this podcast. That's Indeed.com slash BlueWire. Terms and conditions apply. Need to hire? You need Indeed. 
Um, I got until at least June before I, I think I'll be covering a fight, probably. Then I just can't see it being the same. I can't. Like, if I oh, see a large you, group large group of people, I'm running. Yeah, how do you put that many people in the house now? Like, yeah, how? You, you don't. You don't. I, I won't be there. You see me running. <laughs> yeah, man, it's, it's going to be going to be wild to see how everything changes. But it's dope to reminisce and talk about all those good things. But we have combat sports to also talk about. So you guys stay right there. After the break, we're breaking down UFC 260, the new heavyweight champ of the world, and the rest of the card. Don't go anywhere. We'll be right back. The economy is made up of real people doing real stuff, and it affects everything, which you obviously know since you're a real person doing real stuff. Marketplace is here to help you get smart about everything beyond the what of the day's business and economic news. We dig into the how and the why with the real people driving our economy. From big tech and interest rates to small businesses and what's happening at the Fed, Marketplace breaks it all down so you don't have to. Listen to Marketplace wherever you get your podcasts. Hey everyone, it's Lindsay Rhodes and I've got a new podcast, The NFL Road Show fun and kind of nerdy conversation about the NFL every Monday, Wednesday, and Friday. I've got some amazing guests that are joining me. I'll be breaking the huddle with the top stories, previewing games. We'll get you set for the weekend fantasy with our Fantasy Friday episodes, and we'll answer some of your questions as well. So subscribe to the NFL Roadshow on Apple Podcasts, Spotify, or wherever you get your podcasts. All right, just that quick, we are back. Time to talk UFC. UFC 260 happened this past weekend. One hell of a card. Not really. Um, one hell of a main event, though, right? Like, the main event was really fun. The main card was better than I thought it had any business being. But that doesn't make it great. But it was still better than we, we thought last week. We had the malarkey knocking out comma worthy, which I didn't see happening. Quick. Quick, fast. Yeah. And uh, so comma, you know, looked all defeated. Miranda Maverick actually looked good, really good in her fight. Dog, I, I have to say, comma worthy getting knocked out and then having to ask his opponent, like, what did you do to me? Because he had no idea what happened. I was like, ooh. Like, you'll, if I get knocked out, yeah, there's always going to be, like, a what happened. But if I got to ask my opponent, yo, what, what did you do to me? Why are we here and your hands up and my hands down? Like, he was so confused. I was like, damn, you don't remember nothing. I don't ever want to get knocked out like that. And, and Malarkey explained it to him, like, perfectly. Yeah, like, he, like, he was, like, breaking it down, like, fundamentally. <laughs> like, yo, he showed him how he knocked him out. You know how embarrassing that is? Like, With the faint and shit, he was doing the shoulders. I was like, that's crazy. It's, it's, it's better if I get knocked out and not know what happened because I'll probably know me. I'll never watch the video. My coach will be like, Dre, you got to watch the video. I'm like, no, I'm never going to watch that shit. I will not watch me win. I'm not going to watch me lose. But then you got to have somebody show you how they knocked you out. <laughs> in real time. Yeah. While Wild. you're still processing. While Bruce Buffer is in there calling you the loser. <laughs> uh, like I said, Miranda Maverick, cool. I don't know how this ended up being. On a pay-per-view card, but does the card the fights fell off? Volkanovski and Ortega fell off, and oh like, yeah. yeah, yeah. Once that happened, they were just like, we gotta find somebody. So they went to Miranda Maverick, which cool, good showcase yeah. for her. 
her hands look good. She uh, weathered the storm on the ground. Didn't mind that fight at all. Then we had Sean O'Malley versus Thomas Almeida. And last week, you said you fear that the UFC is going to have another star that's kind of like out of control. Yeah. Yeah, it's going to happen. Because Sean, even in the fight, I mean, the guy damn near has Thomas Almeida knocked out quick, fast in the first round, head kick that Almeida just completely eats, full shin to the face, and then drops. And Sean just wanted to go for the walk-off. Didn't follow it up. Almeida gets up, and the fight continues. I was just like, oh, shit. Like, he didn't have the urgency to pounce on it. He was there for the highlight reel and the highlight reel only. Then he gets it in the third round. Dog, he got it with the third round with a shot. And then he looks at him. He's looking. I can't remember who was refing. And he looks at the ref. And he's like, all right. And he kind of walks over and then just dives and punches him in the face. And then does like a Kobe fadeaway. Look, man. Yeah. <laughs> you, Sean O'Malley is very immature. He's going to be a headache. He's going to be a douchebag. But when it comes to striking, he can fight. Like his... his faints his how you know how quick he is he can fight there's no denying he can fight now when he deals with another grappler it's going to be a problem but he can fight if they match him up well he'll be all right he could be in line for the kind of conor mcgregor run where he avoids they book him again not they avoid booking him against certain fighters just to get him up the ladder because remember conor never fought frankie yeah, like I mean, that'd of, be smart. It would be. And then, again, you get you look at this division where Aljo's currently the champion, and Peter Jan, I don't think anybody might be beating that son of a bitch anytime soon. But if there's anybody that could do it, it'd be like a pure striker like O'Malley. Because you know, you can't wrestle him. You're going to have to strike him. And O'Malley's long enough, quick enough, rangy enough, that if he matured as a fighter, he could find himself in the Conor McGregor-Aldo situation, where he gets a title shot just kind of – one, two, skip a few, and I'm getting a title fight. Could happen. UFC yeah. seems to like him. And I'm saying this now because of my next point, when we get to the heavyweight fight, you'll see what I'm talking about. They're going to position Sean O'Malley to be a star, unlike somebody else who's begging, not shouldn't be begging, but he's asking for more money. Yeah, no, O'Malley, that, that's the difference. Like, he he's unique, and yes, it's easy to gravitate towards him. But if he continues to win... And let's say he gets a title shot, whatever. Is he a guy who's going to bring in money? Because there's different levels of stars. Like, he can sell himself. Is he going to sell for you? O'Malley's going to, yes, yes. That culture, the UFC frat boy culture is going to love him. They don't love us. They don't love Aljo. They've been calling Aljo an actor for two weeks. Even though they clearly got need in the face and damn near killed in that Peter <laughs> Yan fight, they're still calling him an actor. He didn't do anything. With O'Malley? Yeah. Like, come on, So man. many we comments should... people were like 14-0 and because yeah. he refuses to say he lost that fight. And there's on, tons man. of people in the comment section that, like, love that gimmick. Like, look who was at the fight. Machine Gun Kelly. Come yeah. on, man. Like, this is, this is the O'Malley culture. Like, this – he could be a star for the UFC because they like this kind of a fighter. And the chick Man. with toe thumbs. <laughs> I always forget her name. 
Oh, Megan Fox. <laughs> she looks good. She got toe thumbs. <laughs> yeah. When you said it, I knew it. I was like, she, oh, yeah, she was there. Yes. Yeah, yeah, she was there. So the Kardashian was there with Travis Barker. It was the a Car- odd collection I even, of people. And it's funny. I couldn't even recognize her. And I don't even know if you put her in like a lineup. I wouldn't know who she was. Because you could put her in a lineup with all of her other looks. Like every other version, who was it? It was Chloe, right? That was Chloe. This wasn't Chloe. Oh, it was Courtney. This was Courtney, who still oh. looks very similar to how yes. she did before, except her body has had work, but yeah, her yeah. face she hasn't okay. fucked with. I can pick um, her out of lineup. Yeah, Chloe. Yeah. I, She's Chloe, with Travis Barker now. Yeah, right. Chloe looks in the mirror and doesn't know who the hell she is. She scares herself. She's like intruder. It's you. <laughs> <laughs> her iPhones are so confused. I know. Like she's just trying to open the iPhone, pay for shit. Just face ID just doesn't work with Khloe Kardashian. Just enter the, like, enter the mm-hmm. pin every time, baby. Yeah, enter the pin. <laughs> um, no, yeah. So it was a colorful crew on Rick's side. I guess yeah. O'Malley is uh, their type of guy, and I get it. He smokes weed, the rainbow hair. I still don't understand that podcast, like we mentioned last week with the baby and talking wild and shit. As long as he's not his own worst enemy he'll rise through the ranks. And I'm not even sure how much that matters. We've seen Kobe Covington um, next week. I, I think uh, fucking what's-his-face fights next week on the main card, Mike Perry. So he you is. can kind of be a pariah. Ma- Mike Perry got a fight? Yeah, Mike Perry got a fight. See how much I'm paying attention. Versus Daniel Rodriguez. Well to wait. All right. This upcoming week. Uh, yeah, listen, man. You can be point. Six percent black say wild shit. Continue to fight. So, yeah, it's he just really has to not go too crazy. And yeah, he'll rock it up the boards. But good fight, good knockout to end it. Kids, a highlight reel. Maybe he runs it back and tries to get that loss that he had when his what ankle collapsed. Yeah, he so, won't even he won't even accept it. He's funny. No, maybe they got to run that fight back. And then uh, welterweight fight, Vincente Luque versus Tyron Woodley. I told, I told you. It was, it was maybe a minute and a half where I thought Woodley looked pretty good. Dude, Tyron Woodley fought like a man who knew it was over. Yeah. At he least I saw in, him pull the trigger. This is the first time saying. I saw him pull the trigger in three fights. He just like he, in his mind, he knew where his back was against the wall, and he said, "I just if I, I'm gonna lose, I might as well just go out like this." He fought like a man who was desperate, that knew that the end was near. The end is near, and Luke just caught him, and it, like I was like, "Yeah, Tyron, you better hurry up because if you don't, boop." And I was like, "Oh shit!" And then he got choked out. Four in a row. <laughs> Bellator bound, baby. Bellator bound are getting your nuts ate off in Charm City Kings, whatever the hell that movie. Yeah, is. by a raccoon. Cutthroat City. Yeah. <laughs> Sorry, guys. You haven't seen the movie? Uh, this spoiler should be alert. nothing. This spoiler yeah. should be nothing. Charm yeah. Woodley gets his nuts ate off by a raccoon. Did at the behest of Ti? I was gonna say Ti. Ti made him put his nuts in a raccoon cage. What a what a movie. The people said that movie's pretty good. I can't, yeah, I can't get over that clip. I just can't do it. I just, like, if I show up, man, I got my sad card, and I show up, it's time to act. And they say, Dre, all right, you're going to, your scene is you're going to bend over, and this raccoon's going to eat your nuts. What? I quit. <laughs> you can get yeah, Jack. Yeah, like, I can't do that. Where do I go after that? 
you get knocked out. That's that's the only thing you can do after that. Pretty much. Uh, and then main event, Stipe Miocic versus Francis Ngannou, heavyweight title. Before we get into the fight itself, uh, ESPN, we did an uh, article, which I was one of 13 people who voted on. The heavyweight, MMA, heavyweight Mount Rushmore. The list ended up being Stipe, DC, Kane, and Fedor. Yeah. You agree with all four of those? I think the the heavyweight Mount Rushmore is stupid because <laughs> it's a quick turnover. In, in me, in my opinion, and like there's quite a few people in argument with this, it's Fedor and everybody else to me. Yeah. Yeah. Because Fedor annihilated a bunch of Hall of Famers at the peak of their powers for a decade in pride. The turnover in the UFC is ridiculous. Stipe is considered the best UFC heavyweight of all time because he had three title defenses. Fedor was dominant for a decade. There's no comparison. Kane was supposed to be the greatest heavyweight, but he couldn't even defend the title three times. He got knocked senseless by Junior Dos Santos. Yep. So it's Fedor and everybody else. I don't that I can't put him on the Mount Rushmore because now I didn't Steve, even put Kane on mine. Kane Kane to me in the end is just all potential. I mean, he won the title. That's that's fair, but a lot of people have won the title. I mean, um, he, he murdered JBS when he's at the peak of his powers after he lost his first fight. Also lost to JBS, so that's and one he, and one. No, it's three fights. He beat the shit out of him in the other two. Okay. Remember, I mean, there's that picture. I don't that, remember that's, the third. You'll remember if you saw the picture of, of JDS literally eating a knuckle sandwich on from Kane while he's on his back. And it's, it's like his face is rippling. There's a picture of this. It's like he's <laughs> ingesting a knuckle. It's like Kane beat the shit out of JDS in the third fight. So beat him, Brock. Who was his other title defense against? Uh, the Oh, it was Bigfoot. Oh, and Bigfoot. Like, that's, I don't know. I, that's what I'm saying. I that's left why... him off of my Mount Rushmore when I voted. I put Crow Cop on my Mount Rushmore. I, I, I wouldn't even put Crow Cop on the Mount Rushmore. That, I, that's what I'm saying. It, when you get to four, over. it gets a little dicey, you know? But yeah. I at least see Crow Cop kick the shit out of people repeatedly. Yes, like, was, for was a elongated period of time. Like, Kane went so far in between fights. and sea level Kane versus yeah. non-sea level and the million injuries. It's, it's more potential to me with Kane than anything. He never was able to capitalize on the potential. No. And and you remember, and this is why I say the Mount Rushmore is stupid because Steve Age, we just watched Steve getting knocked out, right? And everybody's already forgotten about Steve and his great, how great he was. Yeah. Remember who was there before this? Well, he's got knocked out twice. Yeah. But do you remember who was there before this, who the conversation with greatest heavyweight was? You remember? Cormier. No. Uh, well, yeah, but before that. Oh, Verdun. Yes. Nobody yeah. talks about Verdun anymore. No, because he's just, all. he did the weird fucking crazy smile that I can't get my mouth to do. And they got knocked out every other fight. Yeah, but at the time, because it was so, the heavyweight turnaround so quick, Verdun beat Fedor, came to the UFC, beat Kane, and they started looking at his resume and was like, oh, he's one of the greatest of all time. And as soon as they said that, he got knocked out by a fadeaway jab by, by Stipe. 
and nobody's talked about him ever since. So Fabrice Overdoom, like, so I'm saying it's it's fatal on everybody else. I, people are gonna argue with me. They're gonna say Brock, and I'm gonna say absolutely not. Brock beat up a what? tiny Randy Couture, yeah. And he, yes, he beat Frank Mir, but who the hell was Frank Mir at that point? Because he also lost to Frank Mir. Don't say and then, Frank caught him in some wild ankle. Yeah, <laughs> Overeem kicked his liver into oblivion, and Kane just mauled him. So no, not Brock. Who's left? Tim Sylvia? No. Like Andre Olasky? No. Like people disrespect Fedor. There, it's Fedor and everybody else. People. Yeah, that's fair. Like in a division where it's so hard to not lose, his run was crazy. It's nothing like it. it like any weight class, but the heavyweight is the most volatile weight class because it's the smallest of the gloves. The power that these guys pack, it's almost impossible to go on a run like that. He did, yeah. and he did it. And so I had to read this. I was looking at this the other day. Not only did he do it against a lot of guys at the peak of their powers, but you look at somebody like Big Nod. He went, he went like 20 and two. You know who his two losses were to? For Fedor. <laughs> no, Crow Cops lost to was to Fedor. Fedor. Yeah. <laughs> it, yeah. it wasn't like these guys were losing to other people. They were losing to Fedor. And I have people tell me well, he wasn't that good. I'm like, like the heavyweight division in the UFC was never really that great. The people say Randy Couture and Fedor would have been a great fight. Fedor would have mopped him mopped the mat with randy couture he was yeah, submitted randy so. couture yeah 100 he would have submitted randy couture it's too good it's too good and he was small he was a small heavyweight he was small like comparatively speaking to like the heavyweights now man fade on everybody else i'm not doing i can't do a mount rush one because it'll change like it before the end of the year it'll change and Ghana will be on there probably by the end of the year and then he'll be gone yeah, so I, I can't, can't figure it out. Fight Derek Lewis, you know, stinker again, and just be off of the list. Um, but no, this fight, Francis Stipe, the bell rings, right? So we're in there. Stipe, did he get plugs? I don't, I don't, <laughs> yeah, I don't bad know. Yeah, bedhead. Yeah, like his he just woke up from like a cocaine binge, and I was yeah, like, oh, he's coming to fight. His hair was crazy. I was like, okay, somebody roughed him up already. Um, so he comes in with the crazy hair. Francis in there. Bell rings, they start going at it, and you can see, and it's funny, DC is now coined him this, like C-Level Kane, it's calm, Francis. <laughs> Francis isn't going wild, he's not throwing crazy, but everything he connects with gets a reaction from Stipe. Every little punch is a wince, or the legs move a little bit, everything did, and then midway through the first, Stipe shoots for the takedown, and Francis does a perfect sprawl, spins around Stipe's back, starts beating the hell out of him till Stipe gets up. And at that point, I was like, oh, it's over. Yeah. Yeah. Last week, well, a few days ago, when we did our prediction on the show, I said, I don't know how much he could have learned because we haven't seen him in the cage for a long time. So I don't know how much he's actually learned. And that's what I put against him. I said, even though it's one punch, has he learned enough to stop Steve? The small cage should work in Steve A's favor because as a wrestler, you can close the distance. Yeah, 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 yeah. What I didn't think about was the fact that before Nganu fought Steve the first time, he only had four years of MMA training, not even experience, training. So he went to that fight completely green. And he, yes, he still throws loopy punches, but you want to know when I knew it was over? When he threw his first double jab and a leg kick. And I was like, oh, never mind. 
Oh, that so, leg kick sounded like thunder. Yeah, just the fact that he threw it. Like, he threw a double jab, and he fired a leg kick, and then he backed off. And I looked, and I was like, well, my pick's wrong. I was like, I picked the wrong guy tonight because it's not going to happen. Then the takedown attempt happened, and then he got his hips out. And then he took he spun around to his back, and I was like, oh, heavyweight division screwed for the next year, possibly. Yeah. Possibly. But there's only man, one man. Only one man can save this. There's only there is literally only one man that can can do something about it. Because everyone else is in trouble if he can do that. Dude. Dude. And then the left the, the shot with the left hand, it's funny that final exchange, he shoots a double jab, fires the right hand. Steve A falls up against the fence. And Gano closes in for the kill. Steve A spins off the fence, connects with a beautiful right hand. Yep. In his head, he goes, I got him. And Gano was like, I got him. <laughs> and as soon as Miochis takes a step forward to throw another right hand, and Gano steps right to him and throws the left and then separated his body from his spirit. Lights that out. Was, and he hurt Francis a little bit with and, that and shot. Th- but... Nah. Dude, it was it, he was he was poisoned. He knocked him out. So there's a couple of things I was thinking about. One, okay, so Ngannou was lost to Stephen Miocic and Derek Lewis. Yeah. He lost to Miocic because he got taken down and he was green as grass and he couldn't figure out how to get up. He lost to Derek Lewis because what for whatever reason he was just completely gun shy in the fight. And that fight was stupid. But other than that, we've never seen Ngannou in trouble in a fight. Like, we've never seen a point where we're like, oh, he's going to get knocked out. Oh, no, he's they haven't gone long out. enough. No, but even the Stipe fight. Stipe, for all intents and purposes, he knocks people out. He finishes people off. He finished off Wolverine. He fi- he's finished off a lot of people. DC, yeah, yeah, yeah. definitely. There's, ne- there's never been a point where we watched him in, in that fight. He, he didn't, there was no trouble. Mm. So if Stipe can't do it, and you look at the current landscape of the heavyweight division, who can hurt him aside from Derek Lewis? That's the only person. And all he's going to do is hit Derek in his stomach, and it's going to be over. Yeah, I mean, he's KO'd Curtis Blades twice. Blades is arguably the next best guy. Um, You know, knockout to Black Beast aside. I guess Black Beast has the win over him. That's the only other person. That's the only person that you could say, okay, maybe. But outside of that, and I've seen Derek Lewis be in some poor situations. Yeah, Derek Lewis. I mean, that fight he, might go very different if they fight again. Yeah, I mean, I, I figure that Ngannou's going to step to that man this time, and I figure Derek Lewis will probably do the same thing. Somebody going to die. Yeah, <laughs> that's 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 <laughs> two big men bumping meat. <laughs> that's exactly what that is. Yeah, <laughs> that fight is a whole different whole different level of fight. Uh, but no, it looks like next, now that we have Francis winning, is John Jones. Maybe, if the UFC pays it. Hold on, hold on. We, got, we, got, we just got, I have to do this for the Got to do this real quick for the fans. One more time. Yo, this... This might be, I've watched this clip, so the entire clip so many times where Biggie's talking about big meaty men slapping meat. He said, I don't want your 30 minute matches and five star matches. Yo, that, that I'm going to use, I told you I'm going to use that every time we have a heavyweight fight moving on. <laughs> and everyone's in tears. Xavier's in tears in the background while he's saying He just can't, you know, and Xavier's telling him to stop. Like, it's just so stupid. But yeah, so 
<laughs> so Ngannou gets to finish. One, we have a new black champion representing yep. Africa. So we need to take the UFC to Wakanda. And I'm going to be the first one there. That's cool. But then the conversation immediately shifts to John Jones. And there's two things about this. One, what about Stipe? Like, he's one and one against Ngannou, and they're just like, whatever. <laughs> like, that fight's done. He beat him. But then, two, John Jones, the first tweet he sends is, uh, what do you say, like, come play with me or time to play or some shit like that. And then yeah. he deletes it, and then he comes back and says, show me the money. And then at the post-fight press conference, Danny White goes, I can try to figure out what show me the money is. Do you want the fight or not? Blah, 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 blah. So before we talk about Ngannou's greatness and everything else, remember what I said about Sean O'Malley and how the UFC is like, we're going to push him to the moon. Conor McGregor, yeah, we're going to push him to the moon. He's going to hold out. We don't care. We're going to pay him whatever he wants. Why are, we, why, why are they disrespecting? Why, is, why are they making it seem like John Jones doesn't want the fight? I don't believe that for a second. No, but that's Dana's best card. Does it with the Diaz brothers. I mean, he's done it with Conor. Several times too. Where? Yeah, but not really. Like, like the thing is that Connor, Connor before he was champion, like, yes, Connor had a following, but Connor's always been talked about the money, right? Yeah. John never really talked about the money until now. Like, John is so many title defenses in. We joke about John all the time, but he's right. He's look that fight. You can say what you want. That will be the biggest heavyweight fight in UFC history. Yep. Pay that man. And I guarantee you, like they say, he's asked for Deontay Wilder money. He ain't asked for $20 million. I don't think so. But pay that man what he wants. He's earned it. Got to at least pay him Khabib money. Yeah, like pay the man what he wants. If Khabib can go home and not work anymore, it's not like John Jones wears a bunch of jewelry. I mean, maybe John Jones is paying off people for to avoid lawsuits. I don't know. Listen, but Might have an expensive habit or two. Who knows? Yeah, you know, cocaine is a hell of a drug. Maybe. But the man, the man has not been defeated in the octagon at the hands of another man ever, ever. And he's saying, I want the fight. Just show me the money. And y'all ran into this roadblock last May where he asked for money and y'all just moved on because, quote unquote, there's no crowds. Yep. There's no audience. Yet you did the Conor fight. You did the Khabib fight. John ended up fight. He fought Dominic Reyes, asked for the money. They told him no. Now, you, now you're about to have full houses. You just sold out. Like, if you announce this fight tomorrow, because it's not like Ngannou had any kind of damage, you could announce the John Joe's Ngannou fight tomorrow for July if you really wanted to. And you would sell out that building in a matter of seconds. Pay John Jones' money. Quit playing with that, man. But I get it. Whenever black athletes ask for something, they're selfish egotistical they're not a team player they're they're bad they're greedy they're bad people but when white fighters after the money they've earned it he's a team player like we listen in the history of sports when white people ask for like big contracts we don't have these conversations Deshaun Watson granted all these weird ass lawsuits that came out. I'm not saying they're not true I'm just saying the timing is very questionable and not, these accusations I don't think anything's really even been filed but the moment he said he wanted out of Houston because, hey, you traded my best fucking wide receiver for a bag of peanuts, I need to go. Deshaun Watson was selfish. Dak Prescott wanted more money during, and then started having a career year before he got hurt. Mm -hmm. They called him egotistical, selfish. He ain't that good. 
Does anybody ever say that about Tom Brady? Yes, I know he's won a bunch of Super Bowls. He's still like 42 goddamn years old. Nobody's arguing with Tom Brady about money. No one said that about Brett Favre when he decided to jump around a million places. Nobody cares. But it's always the black athlete. The moment they ask for more money because they've earned it, they're not asked for bullshit. I mean, there are some, but you're like, you ain't worth that shit. But there are, but the black athlete asks for money and they gotta be selfish. And in this case, John Jones is scared. What? He ain't scared. I don't, I don't believe that. No, I believe John might get knocked out by Francis and Ghana. I don't think he believes that for one minute. And I think if you say, hey, John, we're going to give you what you want, that fight's done. Because Ngannou's going to take the fight. He don't care. Yeah, no, nah, Ngannou doesn't care. I mean, that's also his biggest payday. Yeah, but he was like, Ngannou doesn't have a scope of what the biggest payday is. Whereas John Jones has watched. He's been the number one pound-for-pound fighter on and off, you know, whenever he's not in trouble. For like the last decade, almost. So he's watched fighters who aren't as good as him make more money than him. Yep. So he's sitting there going, pay me my money. Like, I've, I've dominated this division for so long. I beat everybody you put in front of me. Yeah, I had a minor hiccup or two. I know. He may not be the biggest draw in the UFC. Black fighters, it's just, you, they don't create a culture for a black fighter to succeed. That's it. That's all I'm saying. They don't create that culture. But you can't tell me that John Jones and Ngannou is not going to sell the fuck out. You can afford to pay John Jones an extra couple million dollars. I guarantee it. Dana probably has it in his back pocket right now, along with Tyron Woodley's walking papers. He's got a book. <laughs> right next to it. <laughs> right next to it. Hey, remember? Tyron Woodley fought all those fights, became champion, started asking for more money, more opportunity. What did Dana do? Shit it on him. Yep. Publicly. It was a countdown until he lost the belt. Yeah. He's been waiting to give him these papers. But this only happens with black and brown athletes it's crazy poor diaz brothers like granted listen they have a a play in this too right like they're not completely just absolved of that but no one lets again nate diaz sit on the shelf for two years after the popularity he gained in those connor fights but you know the crazy thing is like i get what you're saying about like nate and nick but they are legitimately crazy right they're just no, they are crazy but on top of that they're not that good. They, like comparing you at least to Diaz, use them. You'll I'm least. just saying. I'm just saying. Like so, Nate will ask for a ton of money, but he's like an average fighter. Whereas yeah. John is asking for more money, and he's the best fighter in the world. Yeah. Right. Like there's a such a total difference here. But I didn't like I didn't like Dana framing it as John is scared, and then was like, well, no, the fight to make is Stipe versus Derek Lewis. You just want people who play ball, man. Yeah. Like we're not dumb. Like, fans no. aren't dumb. Media's not dumb. Like, that's no. not the fight to make. No, it's not. And I want to see that fight, but it could happen next. Steve and Derek Lewis should fight next with the winner facing the winner of Ngannou versus John Jones. Do you dislike Steve? Like, what's, what's going on here, buddy? No. You want to feed the man like, to another beast? I feel like if the route that we're going to go is John Jones versus Francis Ngannou, because John Jones has been waiting for this heavyweight fight for God knows how long now. Like, it just feels like he's been talking about a heavyweight fight for, like, five years, even though he's last fought last February. But that's the fight you got to make. He said he's, he's next. Dana said he was next, et cetera, et cetera, et cetera. Make the fight. If Stipe wants another crack at Ngannou, he needs to fight the guy who we all probably think is the number one contender outside of him, which is Derek Lewis. That's just the fight to make. Just do it in pecking order. Don't make Stipe fight, like, a number 10 and Derek Lewis fight a number five. And then it's even more confusing to figure out against the next title shot title eliminator 
you two fight, whoever wins, that's it. That's what you got to do. Or Stipe, that could go real wrong. It could, but hey, if you're if we were touting him as the greatest heavyweight of all time, this, he he probably he should have win. No problem taking it. Yeah, yeah, no problem taking that fight. No, that's true. Let's hit our last break because we got to come back talk about boxing. Not that much to talk about there, but we have Oscar De La Hoya. So don't go anywhere. We'll be right back. We'll get right back to the show in a second, but first, the wait is finally over. Football is back. You might not be able to be at a game this year, but you can still be in on the action at Bet Online. Bet Online is going an extra mile to make sure you can get in on every possible chance to win this season. From game spreads to totals to teams, player and coaching props, Bet Online gives you more options to wager than anywhere else. You can get in on their season opening bonuses today and start off wagering on wins, divisions, and championship futures all day, every day. Head to Bet Online today and take advantage of all the great sign up bonuses. Don't forget to use code BLUEWIRE at betonline.ag. That's BLUEWIRE, all one word. BetOnline, your online sportsbook experts. All right, we're back for the home stretch, and it is time to talk boxing. Dre, you didn't go to this. Assumed you watched it from your crib. Triller had a presser in Vegas. Yes, they did. Did you go? No, I did not go. <laughs> Listen, I'm not vaccinated yet. I ain't going nowhere before April 13th. And then after that, I ain't going to this. Like, I might go to the fight, right? Like, April 17th. I get that. Like, cool, I'll be vaccinated. I got to wear, like, I'm still wearing my mask. I'm still doing all this. I might go to Atlanta to the fight. I ain't risking it for a presser. Like, no. No way in hell. Um, shout out to Mark Raymundi, though, who did go. <laughs> got me all the content that I needed. Um, Yo, I, I got everybody from Triller and Fight called me to come to that press conference. If, like, if you know the names, you know what I'm talking about. I'm, I'm not going to say the last names. Mike, Peter, Bernie, and somebody. They all separately. You come to the presser? I'm like, no. And I'm, I'm not going. I'll be on there. I'll listen to it on Zoom, but I'm, I'm not going. You know what it looks like if I haven't been to a fight in over a year? And I show up to this shit. <laughs> yeah, Bernie was so nice about it, too. I love Bernie. Me Bernie's too, crazy. but damn, nah, Bernie, not, not this one, my man. <laughs> not not yeah. this one. Um, but the press conference, I get it. I get why they wanted people there. Because Snoop was doing the hosting. So Yo. they tried to make it like a big thing. Wait, wait, wait. Al Bernstein interacting with Snoop was like the funniest shit to me because like I'm Al Bernstein is trying to still be the boxing professional, but he's like, he called her Dozier cat or some shit like that. Like he's trying to modulate where he fits in. And then Snoop just starts talking to him. Hey nephew. Blah. And I'm like, yo, this is weird. Cause this is sad to say, this is the perfect opportunity for me, me and you to host this Kel. We get I'm it. telling you, this is like, like <laughs> this is what this is when it shows. Yeah, I'm gonna have to get Peter on the phone. Like, yo, Peter, I love Al Bernstein. Like, listen, Al, you put Al fight night. I get it. I never called a fight. I get it. But press conferences? Come on, you got my phone number, baby. Like, <laughs> like you don't need him for the presser, Dojer Cat. 
Like, I feel bad for Al. It's not Al's fault. He's just trying no. to deal with what he's got. He don't listen to shit. Like, if you threw me in the middle of NASCAR and asked me to name the top five ranked drivers of 2018, I'm screwed, right? Yeah. Or if you ask me that, to, to like, I'm not a huge hockey fan. So if you ask me about hockey players and to rightfully spell and pronounce their names, I'm screwed. Don't have me there. That's what I felt about Al. They put him in the wrong spot. <laughs> but Snoop Dogg and old people are the best combination. Always. Because I never knew. Old. Like, him and Martha... Him and Al, like somehow it works. Stupid yeah. old people, because it makes Snoop look young. Yeah, Snoop is old and it doesn't matter because he's still like one of the coolest people on the planet. Snoop's not even that old, right? No, he's not. But he's got he's a grandfather. He got, yeah, yeah, he got mileage. Yeah, like I feel is. like we've seen Snoop since he was nineteen. Like Snoop, Snoop been here a long time. Yeah, what's, is Snoop fifty yet? Snoop might not even be. 50 I don't think so. Jay Jay is fifty. Three or fifty-two, I think Snoop's like forty-nine. It's nuts. <laughs> Snoop is forty-nine years old. Yeah, his Snoop birthday is, is October twentieth. It's crazy. He's a grandfather. Yeah, listen, we talked about that to open up the show. I know, I know. I know. My my dad was a grandfather at thirty-seven. This <laughs> the the buck stops here. This is where we <laughs> ended. This <laughs> the tread. Could you imagine being a grandfather right now? Hell like no. your daughter is like four or five. Yeah, Kennedy's in the room. I don't know if y'all, she's just yelling and she's seeing Chloe and Haley right now. I, I can't think about her giving birth. Yo, grandfather, my parents were upset. 37. I'm damn near 37. And I tell my kids all the time, no way, no how. They would, I would catch a flight. Don't play with me. So... <laughs> Yeah, my kids, my kids know, nah, they, we ain't doing this. This is where it stops. But uh, <laughs> talk about old people. So Snoop brings Oscar De La Hoya to the stage. They gave Oscar, a lot of people spoke during this presser. Oscar's the only one that did not have a mic that worked correctly. <laughs> so Oscar gets the shitty mic. He gets up there. Snoop's talking to him. They have this very awkward back and forth. He's like, Oscar, you got something to tell me? No, well, you tell him, Snoop. No, it ain't about me. It's about you. You tell him. And then we finally get to the point where we can't hear shit Oscar's saying, but Oscar thinks he's real cool with it. And he's saying, July 3rd, I'm back. Mic drop. Literally dropped the mic. It's like, I know the sound guy was you, <laughs> asshole. <laughs> like, great. And so we have the Golden Boy returning on July 3rd. Triller releases the statement. They're trying to get an MMA guy for him to fight. I don't know what that means. Like, oh, they want to get, dude, dude. Uh, I'll frame it in a second. I, there's one real smart direction this whole thing could go. But yeah, he, you know, he should fight Tyron Woodley because Tyron will have his walking papers really soon. So Tyron's way too active for that. So don't Oscar kill Oscar. Think, Oscar's goofy. He thinks he can beat Gennady Golovkin. He does. So if you like Tyron Woodley, all right, I I'd watch it. I'd watch it for free, but I'd watch it. Yeah, I guess I'm going to watch it. Like I need another washed guy though. Like I don't want to like give him Anderson Silva. I mean like, that yeah, if you, that if you have to go, give him Chelsea. I don't know. Give him Tito Ortiz. That's why I want to see him box Tito Ortiz. 
Mm-hmm. Um, if you have to go MMA, but if not, I was thinking like you know, there's boxers that you can fight Virgil Ortiz. I mean, Virgil will kill him. You don't want to do that. You don't want to have your promoter get killed by one of the guys he's promoting. No, that'd be great. Um, Canelo, if he's free. Um, Again, G. No, just... no, but like in all honesty, like there's um, who was training the other day? Uh, Fernando Vargas, I think. Jesus Christ. Is training. Yeah. Marcos Maidana is training. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Um, there's names. There's like washed up older fighters who he can fight. Him versus Maidana probably does some good numbers. Yeah, I mean, probably beat Maidana. Look, dog, I don't want to see any of those fights. Okay, Um, but here, here, here's the strategy. I'm gonna lay this out to you guys. Triller's got a lot of fucking money, right? And they got boxers, and you know they're getting boxers here and there, and they're gonna continue this Jake Paul shit. You know what they should do? They should partner Conor McGregor, and because if Connor, win or lose his next fight with Dustin Poirier, Connor has license to do whatever he wants. Pretty he, much. He's one of, he, he could be a problem. He could throw dollies through windows, but he can do whatever he wants. Let John, like John did all that shit. And yeah, he almost ran over somebody. But he's the best fighter in the world. Connor's not. No matter what happens, Connor wants to box again. Connor has talked about boxing Oscar De La Hoya. If Connor, if De La Hoya has an, like an exhibition type fight, and wins and you stall it out because Connors looks like he's fighting Poirier in July in Vegas. And you, and Triller goes to Connor and says, Connor, you want to be a partner in Triller McGregor promotions and Triller present like this card and you can box and you can box Oscar De La Hoya. Do you know how much they'd be printing money? Oh, easily. Cause they'd also put crazy music acts next to it. Dude. He'll probably get Drake. Like, Connor will not have to do another... He won't have to fight in UFC ever again. No. I mean, he to be fair, he with, doesn't already, but yeah. yeah. Like, he partners with Triller. Like, he part... I don't know, like, the business of it. I don't know if it's just name alone. I don't know if he's got to be an investment partner because Triller spends a lot of money. He could then fight Jake Paul. Yeah, it, it, exactly. If Triller wants to recoup all the money that they're hemorrhaging by doing these cards, they, they partner with Conor McGregor. No matter what happens in the Poirier fight... Connor excuse can be if he loses the Poirier again, Connor can say, I was focused on my striking. I wasn't used to leg kicks and grappling. And his fans will go, eh, that sounds like a good excuse. Now you can go box. He goes and boxes Oscar De La Hoya. That's huge. Everybody's gonna watch this shit. And then he fights Jake Paul. Dude. And I know boxing people are gonna hate it. But makes money. That's good business. Yep. And it's not like neither of these guys don't take the sport serious. Jake takes this shit serious connor wants to box they know where the money's at jake paul versus connor mcgregor in a boxing match after assuming that connor just beats the shit out of oscar de la hoya right assuming maybe yeah. oscar still has something i doubt it but dog that's it dana better find a way to keep connor away from Triller. because <laughs> if they haven't thought about this somebody needs to pay me for this idea because this is smart yeah just printing money yeah, I'm patting no, myself I, on the back like Barry Horowitz right now. <laughs> no, I agree, man. I agree. De La Hoya, again, he just has to get through this first fight. Don't die. Because you could lose. Don't die. Like, if it's an exhibition, there's no judges. Like, really, Roy Jones, we all saw him lose. They gave him a draw. They'll probably, like, people would tune in to see him fight again. Yeah. 
so there's no harm, no foul. Just don't die. Don't get Nate Robinson. Yo, Nate hasn't shown up again. I was thinking about this yesterday. Has anyone heard from Nate? Would you? <laughs> like, sooner or later, you got to come back to life. Like, I'm just, I'm just saying, would you? Like, if you got your brain spilled out. In the, I got to laugh room, about it. I got to do yeah. something. Like, I, I, he's gone. I'm in no hurry to come back. <laughs> he's gone. You ain't got to see me, bro. He took his buddy and went home. Can't even show his face anywhere. That's a damn shame. And then let's talk real boxing then before we get out of here. Because uh, I really don't have to talk about the Askren Paul shoving match. I'm not. Even though ben Askren just mushed him like Jay Z did that girl in the hallway. Uh, and then Jake Paul kind of hit him on the belly and the ass cheek. Look, look. I don't the, best part of, the best part of this entire press conference was Jake Paul listening to Ben Askren tell jokes. And then Jake Paul decides to call Jorge Masvidal. And Jorge Masvidal picks up the phone. And Masvidal says, he's still alive? I thought, even <laughs> y'all know me and Masvidal got beef. I can give a man credit where credit is due. That was fucking brilliant. That was hilarious. That was the best thing that, of that entire press conference. You called Masvidal, and Masvidal's first thing he says is, that man is still alive? <laughs> well, he yeah. beat him to oblivion. <laughs> yeah. Oh, so, that's damn yeah. shame. Askren can't say shit to Masvidal. That is Not a trump card. That's that's calling Debo. Yeah, just hush the fuck up. There's nothing you can say. Yeah, nah, that's he took fucking Askren's chain and his bike. It was all bad. Uh, real boxing. That's where I was going. Real boxing. Dillian White beats Povetkin in the rematch this past weekend to heavyweights. Dillian White seems to know his position now. He's not looking to automatically kind of mess up the the fight between Fury and Joshua by any ways. He takes his little WBC interim title, and he's open to fighting anyone in the meantime until he can get a legit title shot. And in this fight, I thought he looked good. To me, what stood out was Pavekin looked bad. And yeah. I think he had two bouts with COVID. Yeah. Since the last fight, unfortunately, I think he got to retire. He was 40 already, but it looks like the COVID really, he had no gas tank to start the fight. Yeah. He didn't look like himself. No, he didn't. Yeah, he is old. And two bouts of COVID at that age, you don't know what kind of long-term effects it had. Um, it's funny because, yeah, Dillian White won, obviously, a fourth-round knockout, uh, pretty one-sided fight. But Dillian White didn't look all that great either. He was just throwing some, a lot of wild shit. And then people, you know, there's people asking, well, who should get the next shot at Fury versus Joshua, right? And I'm like, none of them. Because the only person that, to me, has a legit claim for that fight is Usyk. Yep. But even still, even, he needs even another if you fight. Exactly. None of them are just going to sit on the sidelines and wait. Dillian White should fight Deontay Wilder. Let's figure this out. That's a really good fight. I was going to say Ruiz because they're fighting close to each other. But I like the intrigue of a Deontay Wilder fight. I mean, the way I'm looking at cross-pollination, right? Like crossing the street both ways. So you do Dillian White versus Deontay Wilder. And then you do, if Ruiz is obviously going to be Chris Ariola against Usyk. See, I think Usyk's going to fight, um, damn, what is old boy's name? Big Light Skin, UK dude. Big Light Skin, UK dude. He's a champion. He just won. It'll come to me. But when you look at like Usyk, I feel like his route 
is is kind of already there for him. It's an easier fight. It's in the UK. Um, for American fighters, it's kind of like, yeah, it's easier to put Ruiz in there against Wilder if Wilder wants to fight. Well, yeah, that's that's always something you got to figure out. That's always like, is he training? Don't know what oh, Deontay's doing. And it's uh, Joyce, Joe Joyce. Sorry. Oh, Joe. Okay. okay. Uh, <laughs> big light skin. Oh. <laughs> he is <laughs> big light skin. But Joe Joyce. Um, I think that's the fight to make. They were, there were talks. Eddie Hearn said he's trying to put it together. I think he's just trying to stall it now so Usyk can do that while Fury, Fury Joshua happens. So Usyk's not sitting for a million months. Uh, but I think that's the fight right there. Ruiz is a dangerous fight, in my opinion, for anyone. Because Reynoso's on fire right now. Yeah, I agree. Ruiz was pretty damn good when he was fat and out of shape. Yeah, he is neither ball. anymore. I mean, wow. He, yo, his IG story the other day, he was like leg day. And his thigh muscles are insane. Like they... They've completely changed his mentality of fighting and just taking care of himself. And he was good when he was fat and lazy. Yeah. He's going to beat the hell out of Chris Ariel. Oh, yeah. I can't believe that fight's on pay-per-view. That's awful. But Ruiz, yeah, Ruiz is just, he looks great. I mean, it would be weird if, like, it was on some Samson shit. Like, you know, he cut his hair, he loses his power. You cut it off his fat, he loses all his boxing ability. That could happen. You never know. Like Ruiz could be in fantastic shape, but his body just doesn't react the right way. Um, but if it does, if this aids him, which it should, it's going to be a problem because Ruiz already had an amazing chin. He had fast hands and he was chunky. Now you take that weight off. Yeah. I, and I'm Ruiz and Dillian. There's a lot of fights to make while we wait for Anthony Joshua and Tyson Fury to figure this shit out. Heavyweight division is in a good spot. Definitely. Some young guys coming up. Dubois will come back after losing to Joyce. Um, top rank has a couple prospects. So there's there's some really good fighters in the heavyweight division where it's not thin anymore. Right. You know, it, it's not where it used to be. Again, it's just where does Wilder fit in? Um, and then this weekend, Jamel Herring versus Carl Frampton from Dubai going for that title. Again, this is Jamal Jamel Herring, uh, excuse me, Jamel Herring coming off of a bout with COVID, kind of extended the timeline. Who knows what he looks like going into this fight? And Frampton says if he loses, it's done. He's retiring. That's always worrisome before a fight when someone says that. So I this is to me just here, take the belt. Shakur Stevenson is gonna beat one of you guys in like six months. Yeah, and man, I'm kind of leaning towards Carl Frampton. Me too. Like, the last Herring fight did not give me confidence by any means. And then he catches the COVID and there's a delay. Like, I, I don't know. I'm, it's worrisome because I think Frampton is willing to stand and bang. And I'm not sure if Herring wants that. Yeah, and that, that's my issue is like Herring with the COVID. I mean, he looks like he's in great shape, yeah. but Fred has only lost to uh, Warrington and got stunned just recently and Leo Santa Cruz. It's not like he's got a bad record. And Herring, who's his best win? 
I heard lost to Ladarius Miller, man. Like, yeah. I mean, it's it's fallen perfectly for Jamel and good for him. Yeah, it has, which is great. good for him. Yeah, great dude, cool. But I mean, Lamont Roach is his best win. That's what I'm saying, man. Mm. Lost to Ladarius. Got knocked out. Dennis Shafikov. It's. The Quindo fight, he should have got a Quindo out of there and couldn't. And then the eye thing. I I don't know. I don't know where he is right now. And if he wins for some reason, I think he may vacate and move up. Yeah, exactly. Which gives Shakur just the green light to fight whoever. So it's weird to me. I mean, Frampton Shakur would be a huge fight in the UK. But then again, Frampton's going to say, yo, if I lose this, I'm just going to retire. It's crazy. It sounds crazy to me. Yeah. So, I don't know. This fight should be way bigger than it is. Um, But right now, it's just a placeholder. Shakur is going to fight June 12th against someone else to be named. Puerto Rican Day weekend in New York. So, his next fight isn't even for the title. So that pushes it to August, September. Yeah. It's it's going to be tough to keep people's eyes and attention on whoever wins this fight. So, I mean, I'll I'll go with Frampton too. Just because I mean, Jamel if he pulls it off, kudos, but I just think this is one of those like there's levels to this. And Frampton Shakur would be a good fight if Frampton wasn't one foot out the door. Yeah, very true. Very true. So, I mean, I'm officially picking Frampton. Uh, I've been going back and forth, but unless Frampton really just has dropped off in t- terms of skill, I don't think Jamel's going to. I don't see it. I think he it'll be a great body fight. work in his last fight, too. Yeah. I mean, the Akendo fight for Heron wasn't, yeah, you're right. It wasn't a great fight. And, you know, having bouts with COVID. And it, I, I don't know, man, because, you know, he, he around um, Bomack and them. And it's like, well, I don't want to disrespect Bomack because I think Bomack has a great eye for the sport. I think he's a great trainer. But I think Bomack and Bud are a good combination. But what Bomack does didn't help Mo Hooker. No. It's not going to help Heron either. I don't know. <laughs> no, no, not at all. I mean, a lot of it is natural talent by Bud. Yeah. Like, anyone can trade Bud. You know, I, I'm not sure what else we see from the other people in the stable under Bomack. And then, yeah, Frampton just has better wins. Now I'm looking at it. Like, Nonito Donaire beat Santa Cruz, Scott Quigg. He has at least some legit wins under his belt. Yeah, unless his career is just going, he's catch, he's getting caught at the right time because he is considering, you know, walking away from the sport. Either that, or he's just so confident he's going to beat Harrigan. He's like, if I lose, I'm out. <laughs> it's possible. You know, it's, it's one way or the other, but I just feel like a lot of people have talked about Harrigan, but I'm like, I'm looking at the man's record and I've been looking at his fights. I'm like, yo, he just popped up on people's radars recently. And he's never really given me a performance against a, a quality name where I've been like, yeah, that's the future right there. I just yep. feel like he's a belt holder. No disrespect to like Robert Easter, but it's the same thing to me. Yeah. Any one of Broner's championships. Yeah. Like I'm just same. saying like, like you're Robert just you're holding the title. 
Robert Easter is a good fighter who happened to fall into a championship, fought Mikey Garcia and got the shit beat out of him. Yep. I feel like the same things might be happening with Jamel Herring. No, I agree. I mean, he it's going to be mental for Herring, too. Like, Herring does what he does well. If they stand in trade, Frampton's this fight. And that's oh, what yeah. I expect in this fight. Frampton's is going to make it, at some point, a firefight. And Jamel doesn't have what it takes to stand there. So we'll, we'll see how that plays out. That is boxing for this week. We'll be back later in the week talking pro wrestling. As we inch closer to WrestleMania week, it is going to be really, really fun as we get closer to that. One of these shows, you know, we always dive back into WrestleMania's past and open up a show that way. So that's coming to you as well. We look forward to those. But for today, we appreciate you guys joining us as always. Hopefully you guys are staying healthy, staying Rona free out there as well. Follow us on social media at Corner Podcast underscore on Twitter, at Corner Club for Life on Instagram. You can follow me at Kel Dansby, him at Andres Hale on all platforms. Support our heroes rock. Two weeks left in the Kickstarter, correct? Two weeks. It ends the when WrestleMania is over, so is our Kickstarter. So, yep. Yep, two weeks left. Support that great movement. Brothers doing great things. Shout out to everyone involved in that with the old man. That is a, a great, great project there. Check out our other show, Wrestling with Stereotypes, on adfreeshows.com. Really catching fire with that. We've had some great episodes. Looking forward to more here in the future. Shout out to the network, Blue Wire, here, all of our sponsors. We appreciate all of you guys. Until next time. We're out. Peace. Everyone is talking about magnesium. It's all you hear about. But why? What do we know about magnesium? Well, magnesium is the number one mineral that 75% of Americans are deficient in. If you are a woman over 35, magnesium will help you rediscover balance, energy, and vitality. Magnesium supports more than 300 enzymatic reactions in your body, including those involved in hormonal balance. From functional medicine doctors to mental well-being and female hormone experts, we all know that magnesium is the one mineral to improve all aspects of well-being and health. But which one? Magnesium Breakthrough from Bioptimizers. The trusted choice recommended by leading experts with seven best-absorbed forms of magnesium to ensure your body receives the support it needs for overall well-being. Go to bioptimizers.com balance today and use code BALANCE10 for 10% off. Support your journey to wellness at B-I-O-P-T-I-M-I-Z-E-R-S dot com forward slash balance. Magnesium Breakthrough from Bioptimizers, your foundation to optimal health and vitality.